0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: We're still in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. So take your Bible, turn to the book of Ephesians. book of Ephesians and chapter, oh, what's a good chapter? Chapter 5. We have finally got to chapter 5. And we have talked about the wealth in chapter 1, 2, and 3. Now we're talking about the walk in chapter 4, 5, and 6. So chapter 4 talks about the walking in the unity and walking in love as we should, as believers, we should do this. And uh, now we've got to chapter 5, and even the very first verse there in chapter 5, verse 1, is really an awesome verse. Of people who want to argue about, you know, having standards and, you know, principles in your life and, uh, you know, separation and all that. And want to argue, argue, argue. Okay, forget all of that. Just imitate God. That's what you're supposed to do. Be imitators of God. Imitate God. When we say that somebody is godly, it means they're like God. Ungodly, they're not like God. See how simple that is? So you as a Christian, do you think you're supposed to be godly or ungodly? I know it's a difficult question. (laughs) Godly. So if you're going to be godly, it means you're going to be like God. So God tells his children to imitate him. Imitate your father. See there in verse 1? Be therefore followers of God. Followers, imitate your father. Do you know I've noticed that the older my kids get, the more it seems like they're imitating their mother and daddy. There's a time in their life when, of course, when they're young, it don't seem like they are even, you know, ours. They must be somebody else's kids. But we say they're ours. And then as time goes on, lo and behold, they have kids. And a lot of times what really helps them is when they have some. Have you ever said to your child, I hope you have five, just like you? (laughs) But... um, You know, one will do, one will do, one will do the job. But we're to be imitators of our Heavenly Father. So look at that verse again. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. But now what did he just say right before this? You see, right before this, when he talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new man, because the new man was created in holiness, in righteousness. Look there in chapter 4. And just look at what he says about the new man. You see there in verse 24 that you put on the new man, get this, which was which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's how you're supposed to live. That's how I'm supposed to live. So as you go through life, and if you are, you know, if you are so smart, because everybody considers themselves to be pretty smart. If you are so smart serve God. Any man who doesn't serve God is a fool. I don't care who you are. If you don't walk with God, you are a fool. You may know Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven, but you're foolish. You're doing things that are not right, that's not good, and it's a sign of an undisciplined mind. Because if you're smart, really smart, if you're wise, really wise, serve the Lord. Imitate your heavenly Father. And up there when he talks about in verse 22 that you put off concerning the former behavior, conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now that's the way you were. That's not the way God wants you to be. So in the word of God, yes, there is a thing of separation. There is something about God's children being different from the children of the world. He says we are children of God. But some of God's children live like the children of wrath, like lost people mentioned in Ephesians chapter 2. So if you do, you're going to get what they get. It won't be hell, but you'll see that in just a minute. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Be therefore followers of God or imitators of God as dear children. And like I said right before this, he's talking about forgiving one another even as God has, for Christ's sake, forgiven us. So because he forgave us, we're supposed to do that to other, We're imitating our father. That's what he does. So the more you learn about the Lord, the more you want to be like him. You want to do like he says. You want to act like he says. You want to have a mind like he has. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. Let this mind be in you. Think the way he thinks. And it's hard when you don't know his word. So that's why you learn the word so you can learn how to think. And your actions are just a byproduct of the way that you think. Now look there in verse 2. And here's this wonderful word that we've talked about. Walk. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. That's imitating. That's learning how he loved so that you'll learn how to love. Have you ever noticed it's so much easier? I told Betty on the way down. I said, I can't believe how Trina learned how to do so many things. Now, she's my daughter. She's 49 years old. I was at the, the her house the other day, and, and she had this big old plastic sack. And she dumped some stuff in there. I'm not even sure what it was she put in there. She put some white in there. And then she took the sack, and she shucked it all around. Then she got a great big old ham. And she put it in that thing. It's already been sliced. And then she closed the end of it. She shook it all over the place. And she opened it back up. And then she took black molasses, poured it all over that ham. Well, right before that, she did it with brown sugar, just packed it. Brown sugar all over the ham. And then she shook that. Then she put the black molasses in it and then she'd close up the end of it and she would have this big old sack I says, what What are you doing? she says, I'm gonna bake a ham I said, how did you learn how to do that? I don't remember seeing Betty doing it I said, how did you learn how to do that? she says, daddy, it's right here in the book I said, I mean you read that out of the book? she said, yeah I said, I could never have figured that out from reading a book I said, now I can watch somebody do something and then I can do it. But you've got to show me. If I see somebody do something, how they do it, if they go slow enough. Now, my son, I, I can't do that. I'll ask him to show me something on the computer. And he'll go, Did you get that? Now, I can't type. I'm one finger at a time. But he'll take and go into this screen and that screen, and he's made this one come and that one go, and this and He's doing all kinds of stuff and copying and pasting, and he has it done. I said, Eddie, slow down. I said, Daddy didn't get none of that. He said, well, I showed you. <laughs> yeah, but go slower. Dad, I don't know how to go any slower. All you do is do again. I said, Eddie, go slow, real slow. <laughs> I can get it if you go slow enough, like really Slow. Did you know our kids learn from us because they see the repetition in our lives? Not just one time, but they see how you do something over and over again, how you respond to something. Did you know your kids watch you how you respond to pressure when somebody makes you mad? And it's all these things that we do and how we live. When you spend some time with the Lord, He's trying to teach us patience. And you learn patience by learning to wait on God, in other words, His timing you ever get tired waiting on God? Doesn't it seem like sometimes God is just so slow? Maybe he's trying to go slow enough for us to get it. Sometimes if he just did everything so fast, we don't, we don't get the importance of it. God wants us to learn. And he says, you have not so learned Christ. Look at that verse. I want you to see it. See there in verse 21 of chapter 4? If so be, oh, excuse me, verse 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. You didn't learn how to do wrong from the Lord. Now, if you learn how to do wrong, since you've trusted Christ as Savior, and you learn how to do things, and it's not right, you didn't learn that from the Lord. You might have learned it by watching what other Christians say and do, but that doesn't make it right. I've listened to a lot of preachers use a lot of terminology that's not in the Bible. But they've learned it from other preachers who seemingly are successful. And if they want to be successful, they got to do it the way they do it. And yet at the same time, it may have nothing. It, they didn't learn that from the Bible. They didn't learn it from Christ. They learned it from somebody else, and they're just polyparagene. They're imitators. God wants us to be imitators of him. In him is no fault. There is no flaw. There are no mistakes. It will not go wrong. You don't go wrong following the Lord. It's when we add in something that God didn't add in. Like making a cake. Who would have ever have thought you could take a mouthful of lard? Does a mouthful of lard taste good? What about a mouthful of bacon soda? Mouthful of flour mouthful of salt. Would you just like to have a mouthful of this? No, but it's terrible. But yet you take the right amount of each one of those things and you can make a cake. Now you don't want to take and have a cake that I would make. Because I wouldn't put in the right ingredients. I'd leave out something or add in something that doesn't belong. Because I have a hard time going by the the book, the cookbook. I have a difficult time. When I buy something, and you got to put it together, but he says, here's the directions right here. I said, I don't need those. I don't want to waste my time reading directions, as though I'm not smart enough to figure this out. What am I, a dumb-dumb? I can do it. A couple hours later, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out, put tab A into slot B. Where would let me have those directions again. Where'd you, where'd you put them? Oh, in the trash. <laughs> and you got to go at it. Okay, okay all, right, all right. Some of us learn the hard way. We don't always learn at the same speed. We don't listen correctly. We don't hear everything. One of them said something up there, and I didn't hear Betty correctly. Boy, was I ready to make a big mistake. She, we had you know, gotten some things for the kids, and I had given her some money. And uh, so she got everybody something, and she had a little bit left. And when she got through, I said, honey, just, just, Eddie was standing there. And I said, just, I said, how much you got? And she said some figure, but I didn't hear what she said. And I thought it was really a small amount. I said, we'll just give the rest of it to Eddie. And she looked at me, and she says, no. <laughs> My wife always obeys me. And right there in front of everybody, my wife says, no, I am not. I thought, Betty, Betty, you know, I'm the king. You're supposed to always obey your hubby. And she says, no. And she looked at me with her head cocked to the side. And I thought, we got to have a talk. So I went into the room with her, and I had forgotten how much she had. And... (laughs) It was a lot more than I thought. I says, honey, you're forgiven. I am so glad you (laughs) said no. And uh, Eddie spoke up and says, I'll just take half. (laughs) So we came a little bit. I thought, well, I'd have died. i had given her something else, you know, more, but anyway. I told her on the way home, I said, I am so glad you didn't listen to me. (laughs) Uh, Aren't you glad that God doesn't always listen to you. you. You see, we're always looking for the the easy way out of everything. We want to eliminate every hardship, every trial, everything. And when we have something like that happen, we usually always pray God to move it away. But God's the one that allowed it to come, and then we ask Him to take it away, because God wants us to learn something from it. And, uh, well, we're not in the, the mood sometimes to learn something. He says, well, if I would knew that, I would have done it. But... He don't always tell us in advance, so sometimes we we we're, we're praying. God, you know, get me well, get me well. I'm sick. Get me well. And there might be something else that might be a reason why that you might need to learn. There might be a reason why you don't have some certain finances for something. There might be a lesson to learn. Lord, what is it that you want me to learn from this? Lord, help me to learn it quick. <laughs> and it might be better than to totally eliminate everything. And sometimes it seems like God doesn't move it because you haven't listened. You haven't you haven't learned what God has for you to learn. God is our Father. Did you see those two words up there in verse 1 of chapter 5? Dear children, you are dear children. When we all got together the other night, and we had to do this on Friday night. Uh, I think it was Friday night. Yeah, Friday night over at Trina's. And we had all of our kids, we had our grandkids. And so we were all sitting around and we're just gonna open up some gifts and all. And I says, daddy wants to say something. So everybody's sitting around. And I says, I I want y'all to understand this. I says, for 28 years, I was gone from my mom. I never had one Christmas with her in 28 years. I says, so we decided to come back to Georgia because my mom was getting older and I wanted to have a few years with my mom. So we, we moved to Georgia and I took the church there. And I says, it was wonderful having my mom, she came out to the church and my mom got in the choir and I had a couple of my sisters singing in the choir. And I says, we will always have Christmas at my mom's house. I says, but now mom has gone. And I says, well, one, my sister's gone. Another sister's gone. I says, it won't be long before maybe me or your mother or grandmother won't be here. I says, we want you to know all these gifts and so forth that we exchange. I says they are expressions of our love and so forth for each other. I says, we don't mind driving 500 miles up here. And 500 miles back. I says, because we love you and you are more important to us than all these gifts. This is not what Christmas is about. It's because we love you. And we know the day is coming when one of us is going to be gone. And you'll be having your little times together and one of us is going to be gone or maybe one of the kids will be gone. Nothing stays the same. Enjoy the moment. Be thankful for the moment. Be thankful for each other. And there's nothing like family. I says you'll have people come in and out of your life all the time. I says but you'll find out as years roll, back, it's mom and dad, it's brother and sisters that that ought to be the closest to you and mean the most. And I says there ought to be a bond there. I says I believe this is what God wants because we look at heaven. That's a big family. When we start coming to church and get to know everybody, it's a a family. But you'll notice in the book of of Ephesians in chapter 3, it talks about the family in verse 15 of chapter 3, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. It's a family. But we learn these things because of the spiritual things that we learn. We know really what is important. Uh, Look there in Ephesians chapter 5. And he makes a statement, walk in love as Christ hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. In other words, uh, in the Old Testament, when they made the sacrifices, the the smell would go up and God would talk about how that the the aroma, it's like perfume. It was like sweetness in the nostrils of God, as if God could smell, oh, that smells so good. Because it was a sacrifice, and it smelled good. Now, I want you to take your Bible and look there in the book of Hebrews in chapter 13. Hebrews in chapter 13. Hebrews 13, and look there in verse 15. Uh, These two verses, you need to underline them in your Bible. Be very good, or cross-reference it somehow. But it says in verse 15 of Hebrews 13, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God every once in a while. What's that word say? Continually. It means all the time. You see, sacrifice is not just when you give up something, you know, that is just finances. that, that can be a sacrifice. When he says sacrifice your body as a living sacrifice. It doesn't mean that I got to go out here and and kill myself for the Lord. But there's the sacrifice, the fruit of the lips. Look at the next part of the verse. That is, and you ought to underline it, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Continually giving thanks. When you talk here in uh, this verse, praise to God continually, he explained, this is one thing I like about God's word. He explains what he means by that. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We talk about, I want to just praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. The fruit of our lips, continually. Do you know what a lot of people do? They're always complaining and whining. Do you know what I did? <laughs> We got up there to play a game of golf. And you know, I, I like to play a little game of golf once in a while. It was cold. It, it was really c- cold. And so I um, met with my standard body bears that we usually go play golf with up there, my brother-in-law and my son-in-law and a friend named Leon Brown. So we got our foursome. So we decided to go play golf. So we're sitting at the restaurant, and they're starting to moan and groan. Ooh, it's cold outside. It's cold outside. Well, my daughter had a pair of long johns. And before I got out of the house, I put on those long johns. Now, I can wear my daughter's long johns. I used to tell her, I said, when you can wear my pants. I don't say that anymore because you can. not So I put on those long johns, and so I was nice and toasty. And I was bundled up pretty good. And they should have known better. The wind was blowing. It was very cold on Tuesday. It was down below freezing that night. So the next morning, you know, it's still freezing. But I don't care how cold it is. I don't care if the wind's blowing. I played in snow before. I play when it rains. I don't care. I can go anyway. So, anyway, we got out there, and it wasn't long before you could hear the whining, all oh, the whine. And they whined and they whined. So, after the whole game was over, with, I told Train and Betty, I said, Now, y'all go get some cheese. And there they got two little chunks of cheese. And they wrap it up, and you put on there Milton Hale and Leon Brown <laughs> little chunks of cheese. Now, the reason that the cheese is, they always say cheese go good with wine. They've already done, done the whining, so I want them to have some cheese and a few little crackers. Well, my daughter calls me up and says that they gave one to Milton Hale last night. And Buddy, my brother, really played it up big. They were all over his house. And it says that, that was the lasting thing of the whole evening of him getting that little cheese to go with his wine. Anyway, are you a whiner? Or do you find something to smile about on everything? Now, you, you may not walk around with a big smile on your face all the time, but we ought to have a better outlook on life. You're God's child. You're a child of the king. You're to be imitators of God. Do you think God has a bad attitude? Do you think God is a whiner? Do you think he's always complaining? Now, he's God, and he knows what's going on. But God wants us to learn how to trust Him and to walk with Him, and really you can enjoy life a lot better. So go back there to Ephesians. Excuse me, I had another verse I wanted to read to you there in verse uh, 16. He says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. That means to do good and communicate means to share. Learning to share with others. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And remember, Serving the Lord is, like he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. The fruit of the lips and doing good, that sacrifice is well-pleasing to God. And isn't he the one we're supposed to be pleasing? I was with somebody a while ago, not a while ago, well, this last week. And uh, we ordered some stuff, and they ordered some stuff. And we all sat down there and we was eating. And um, one of them was talking about he needs to go on a diet after the first of the year. It's always the first of the year. We fatten up until the first of the year, but and then that starts it all, all over again. And I says now just think for a moment. If you would learn to eat what you need instead of eating what you want, it'll make a lot of difference. Figure out, now, what is it that I need? And then you'll always find yourself eating what you really want. I says, I don't worry so much about whether the food is tastes good. Is that what I like? Is, is it good for me? Is it what's right? Eat what you need. And then when you a enough, stop. Stop. You say, well, I don't want to leave all this on my plate. Leave it. When you're full, Stop well, I don't want to waste any food. Well, that's where it's going to go. It's going to be, you either burn it or wear it. So you've got to look at it. And sometimes, we don't like to make decisions. But God's word says, we're supposed to think the way he wants us to think. When it comes to serving the Lord, find out what do I need to do? To stay spiritually strong, what do I need to do? What will help me to do that? Whether I want to do it or not, that's not the issue. Forget what I want. What do I need to do? Because you could also look down the road and figure out what would have been the best. I was with my brother-in-law, Milton Hale, and, you know, he's one year older than I am, and we're, uh, you know, we're getting up there a little bit. And we're talking about us getting old. you know, And one of these days, we're going to be gone and all that. I says Milton I says you know when we stop and think about it from this day forward at our age right now if we just naturally do just exactly what we're doing did you know we're not going to get ever any better than we are right now we're going to go downhill we're going to get worse and worse and worse we're not going to get better we're going to get worse unless we make a conscious effort to improve just to maintain where we are. Because that's what comes with getting older. We're getting older. And we get older we're probably going to get a little worse. So we have to make a conscious effort to improve. Spiritually I'm always trying to look at physical and then spiritual. Spiritual, how are you doing? Do you think that you're going to stay exactly the way you are if you don't make a conscious effort to Stay that way to improve. If you don't do anything to improve yourself spiritually, you're going to go downhill, just naturally. You're going to lose something, forget something. You're not going to be as faithful. You have to make a conscious effort just to stay where you are. And that's not growing. That's just maintaining the status quo. The average Christian... Is just the best of the worst and the worst of the best just average? Now, do you want to be just an average Christian or above average?
0: Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family.
1: So live today and every day believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace amazes me.